everyone. Welcome to Therefore Podcast. I'm Megan Martin. I'm Judy Mustang. And today we are thinking about the topic of living authentic lives. In my quick Google search here, I came up with a lot of things that were not what I was looking for, which makes me assume, I guess, that there's not a lot out there about it, about living authentic. And I wonder, I guess, if that is because as Christians, we're afraid to put it out there, that what authentic might look like for us. And to a to a quote unquote secular viewpoint, do you think that living authentically means like, if I'm a jerk, I'm going to be a jerk and that's just who I am? Like, is that authentic? What's what's authentic? Uh, I think living authentic is is sometimes tough and I think it's judged pretty harshly as a Christian. Um, I think we're human, but I think we're not given grace to be human from people outside of, you know, that are maybe watching us or people who want to find fault Mm -hmm. with us. Let's just say they will. Of course they will. You know, I, you know, isn't that the great, of course they will. Yeah. Because we are human. Because we are human. And, you know, I've, I've always told people that, um, you can't, put Christians or people on pedestals. Pedestals weren't ever made for humans. You know, um, we will fall. We will fall. And, you know, and then it's hard um, because for some reason, it seems to me like the world expects you to never fall. And when you do, um, they don't always want to give you the grace to help you back up. Some do. Some do. A lot don't. Even... I think earlier you had said like people outside of Christianity or, uh, but a lot of people inside of Christianity don't, they don't know how to deal with, with that fall. And I mean, the Bible says all will fall short of the glory of God. And, and so I think that there's a lot of generalizations about Christians, right? Like just as much as their stereotypes, quote unquote, about every sect of group of people there are about Christians as well. And it comes about just from either perceptions or people who aren't able to um, communicate well or, or whatever they, and of course media is only going to show you the negative side right. of everything. Yeah. So you're never going to hear about the positives, but um, yeah. So I don't know. I, in, like I said, in my quick Google search here, Paul talks about it and says, um, not that I have already reached the goal or I'm already perfect. Of course not, right? Thank you. But I make every effort to take hold of it because I, have, I also have been taken hold of by Christ Jesus. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is past and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal the prize promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. So forgetting what is behind and reaching forward to what is ahead, I pursue as my goal. So that doesn't necessarily, I guess, talk about what is, quote unquote, what is authentic, but it does say that, you know. Well, I'm thinking if Paul, who was probably one of the greatest Bible scholars of the day and still yet today who wrote a large portion 
of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. If that Paul mm-hmm. had to say, I have not yet attained. I'm still striving for. I'm still working on this. Right. Um, you know, sometimes I think we're hard on ourselves. Absolutely. I think other people can be hard on us. I think sometimes we can overlook like s- things that we've done in the past before Jesus. But if we mess up, During this time of knowing him and being, you know, saved or, you know, becoming a Christian, then I think sometimes um, we don't always want to give out the grace that we would give out knowing that, oh, they did that before they came to God. You know what I'm saying? And then, but if we mess up inside, you know, and I think that's where a lot of people struggle, you know, they'll have somebody that proclaims to be a Christian, say something and hurt their feelings and think that they should have been above that. And they should have, but it doesn't mean that we shouldn't forgive and go on. You know what I'm saying? Or, you know, sometime in our Christian walk, we say things, we do things, we, you know, we operate in a way that we should not. And I think maybe that we should just extend a little bit more grace to people. And maybe to ourselves. And to ourselves. I think sometimes we're very hard on ourselves. I think that's where the fear comes in, though. The um, this fear of being authentic and and what you and I were talking about before, kind of pushing the record button here. Is the Christian life, you know, all the world's a stage? Yeah. You know, thank you, Shakespeare. But I mean, is that how it is? Is that that I'm on a stage, living my life, and the moment I mess up with something, the moment I quote unquote forget a line or you know, something happens. Everybody sees that. And so instead of, and I'm not saying like this is true all the time, but I I'm guarantee there are moments, and I know that there have been, <clears throat> excuse me, for me in my life, moments where I have put on kind of a farce of a Christian life because I don't want to um, put myself out there in the way of, of um, What's the word like not not retribution but like a, a like a somebody saying something to call you out on it um you know i think that like we talked about uh the other day about um thoughts and prayers what my husband calls t and p and how everybody's just like t and p on on facebook posts and but they're not really is that an example of people not living authentically that's good like you put it out there just because you think you should, but yeah. you're not actually doing it. Like fakeness, I guess. Yeah. Or like, like I'm going to say that I'm doing this because that's what's expected of me, but I'm not really, I'm not really living it, you know? And I, I think that's hard. I think sometimes we do. You know, I, I used to teach about, you know, how this is the way we go to church, you know what I'm saying? And, I, you know, I would, I would make statements like sometimes we know how to clap our hands. We know how to sing that song. Um, we know how to come to church. Um, we know how to say, yes, everything's fine when everything's not fine. Um, and then behind the scenes, we're, we're struggling. Mm-hmm. And I think we're afraid. We're afraid of what people will say. We're afraid of what people may think. And then you, that once again is rooted in the fear of man, um, of what j- r- literally what people are going to think of me if I'm actually human. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's tough because then it seems like we're afraid to be real and to be authentic. I would almost rather 
have someone be authentically not Christian, does that sound weird, than to pretend to be so, at least then I know what I'm working with. Does that make sense? Like what we call, um, quote unquote, Sunday Christians, Mm -hmm. you know, people who are just there on Sunday mornings to, and I say Sunday mornings, but you know what I mean, to make appearances because it's expected that they be there. It's expected that they're going to, um, and they might even be leaders in the church sometimes who are just there because of um, social expectation or tradition. I think that this is my personal opinion, but I think that there are so many Christians that are, I think there's ministers. I think there's worship leaders. I think there's children's church leaders. I think there's youth leaders. I think there's leaders and lay people alike all throughout the church um, that love Jesus. Mm -hmm. They're just struggling. And they're afraid that somehow if we allow that struggle to be seen, that we're going to be judged for that. Right. You know, and that, and so then it makes us afraid. And so we stay back, not really being what some people would call real. And and then we get trapped in our own thoughts of what somebody else might think of us. Um, And then we get bound into this, like a hamster wheel, so to speak, of of just going through the motions. It's not where we want to be. It's not what we want to do. But we're afraid, right? Nobody wants to be fake. Who who wants to say, "Hey, you know what? I want to grow up and please let me be the fakest Christian that I can possibly <laughs> right. be in my life." That's what I want to be. Right. No, nobody wants to be that. But we get afraid. Just struggles. We're struggling, and we're afraid because somehow we've believed a lie that we have to be perfect. Mm-hmm. Because we're afraid that somebody might judge us, they might criticize us, they might find fault in us as being a Christian. We're afraid that that might hurt somebody, that if they found out this is how I really am, that, you know, will will I hurt them in the process? You know, I don't want to cause somebody to stumble. You know, I don't want to, I don't want to hurt somebody else that's, that's, you know, coming along and then they find out that, wow, you know, maybe she doesn't have it all together. Right. Isn't it crazy that we, we can give out encouragement and we can, and and we can do all these things, and then we get afraid, and, and we almost carry a shame when we need right. to have somebody encourage us or when we need help. You know, it, and it's it's crazy, but that's that's how what we do. I think some of that comes with the, the repercussions. That was that mm-hmm. word I was trying to yeah, think yeah. of earlier. Sometimes there are serious repercussions when a person's sin quote unquote is outed and sometimes it's not like sometimes those repercussions are needed consequences so if you not like um i mean sin has consequences it just it just does and nobody likes that it's not fun but that is what it is i mean so sometimes those types of things are necessary but we get afraid of what that's going to be but in the end it's all going to come to light and God already knows. I think you said this last time. You're not going to surprise him. No. He's not going to be like, oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> right. What? Like, when did that so happen? I didn't say that. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's not how it's going to be. And I think the weight that comes off when you can yeah. share that, there's a reason yes. that we're supposed to confide. Well, it is. And having those, that person or those persons that you can seriously be that authentically real with, and they know that you haven't somehow lost your salvation, 
between Sunday and Wednesday, yeah. that you, maybe you were just having a bad day. Maybe you were just struggling. You still believe in Jesus with everything that's inside of you. And maybe you just messed up. Maybe you need to call and apologize to somebody. You right. know what I'm saying? Maybe you need to own something. And it might be hard. It might be hard. It might be. Yeah. But nobody said this was an easy life. No. But what I found is when I've messed up, when I finally get myself together and have the courage to go apologize or say, you know what, please forgive me for that. I, I'm not sure what was going on in my world, and I apologize. Most people are incredibly wonderful about forgiveness. Yeah. Um, because doesn't it say a lot when somebody owns it? Yeah. It says a lot about their character when somebody owns it. I can handle that so much mm-hmm. easier than somebody telling me that, that it's not really happening. But I mean, just just tell me, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Which is why we think that's so hard. I, I'm not really sure, but we do. I don't know. I For some reason in my head, I keep going back to the simple things of, of what I call Christian living. I don't know. I don't know. But like spending that time in the word, um, having that prayer time, having authentic, I, I kind of am growing to not really like that word authentic. But I think it's, I guess it's necessary. But what I mean is like, let your yes be yes and your no be no. Be real, like just be authentic Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to clarify that it's authentic. (laughs) You know what I mean? Is that, does that make sense? But when I think of like the, I guess the pillars of Christianity, those are the things where I'm like, are you doing it or are you not? Because if you're not, or if you are, that shapes the whole rest of your life. And it just happens. You don't have to work for that because God blesses you when you just do what you're supposed to do. And so um, sometimes we we look at things like the Ten Commandments. I mean, there are, there are simple things that we are supposed to do as Christians. And we look at, you know, where it says, you know, seek me. Seek me and you will find me. He's not going to hide. And and he's not going to, um, he might not just like take away the struggle. Sometimes he does. That's incredible when it happens. But I promise that that's not most people's stories. That's yeah. that's the exception. For whatever reason, he has deemed that that's what needs to happen. But for a lot of us, whatever that struggle is, there comes a moment of confessing to God, maybe to an accountability partner, to to a, a pastoral leader. It's somebody. There comes a point of confession, and and there there comes a point of well, we've talked about this before. Obedience, yeah, and being willing to be uncomfortable or to be um, to know that there's going to be some difficulty that comes with getting rid of whatever that struggle is. And it might mean that you end up getting rid of some people in your life because like they're either not going to support you in that or they are part of the struggle, you know, um, or it mean might mean that you have to rearrange your daily schedule so that you can do what you have to do, what you need to do. It's not always easy, but if you're obedient, I feel like we're I know we've had this talk. We've done the obedience thing like way back when we kind of first started this Therefore podcast. So if you're curious on our thoughts on that, go back and listen to previous episodes. But that's the authenticity. We know. And what I love about the Bible is that all throughout the Bible, 
the Lord shows us the lives of people and how these are God-fearing people and they they made mistakes, they messed up and so, and they are the pillars so of our many, faith. So many mess ups. I mean, we all know about King David and he was known as the, the man after God's own heart. Well, I mean, Abraham. We, I mean, we, the, the, the list is like... The list is the Bible. We could just give you. you the Bible. Girl, can you imagine if our lives were written out in the Bible? The only one who wasn't, you wouldn't have to worry about is Jesus. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Everybody else has something. To... I mean, even Paul was like, I was the chiefest of sinners. Right. Like, I, I mean, like, and legitimately. Seriously. And I'm thankful. Yeah. I'm thankful God put all of those people in there. So I feel better about when I mess Knowing up. Knowing that what I'm doing is, it. isn't impossible. No. What I'm going through is not. That's it. Not going to be the thing that stops me. No, it, you know God is so incredible about. I'm so glad He included all the mess ups, all the mess ups, because we He knew that we were going to mess up. <laughs> but we're just people, you know? Even, just like the people in the Bible. We're thank, just people. Thank you. You know, isn't that isn't that amazing? And and yet we preach their their lives all the time. Mm-hmm. You know, even. When Jesus was getting ready to leave and he told Peter, he said, Satan desires to sift you like wheat. Mm. He said, but I'm praying for you, that your faith not fail you. He didn't say that I pray that you don't mess up. Right. Because he knew Peter's going to mess up. thinking of you. Yeah. (laughs) But how incredible that Jesus said, I'm going to pray for you. Like God said, I'm praying for you. I think you'll be all right. Yeah. You know, (laughs) I mean, seriously. And, and the Bible says that Jesus is our intercessor. He's the one who stands in the gap. There is nothing that you go through that you're not going to be okay from. Right. You're going to survive. You're going to make it. You're going to overcome. You're going to be okay. You know, just if we have to change our perspective many times, you know, even in in, in our lives, if you'll think of Jacob, when they had, you know, they had sold Joseph. They had done all these things. And Joseph is there and he's finding out that his dad's alive. And they've got, I think it's Simon. And they said, he said, and Jacob said, dude, I, I can't take anymore. I'm kind mm-hmm. of at my breaking point. I can't yeah. do anymore. And um, isn't it crazy that Jacob was at his breaking point and Joseph was at a breakthrough point because Joseph knew that his dad was alive and he was getting ready to go see him. But Jacob couldn't see that. He didn't know. He didn't know. We just got to think we got to change our perspective about things. I've talked a lot with um, students, high school kids, about how much of the Bible is microscope and telescope both, right? Mm -hmm. Like you 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 can zoom in and you can look at the minute details and it applies to specific situations but you can also zoom out and see how it's going to apply sometimes eternally it applies like the book of isaiah is one of those where you microscope and telescope a lot i mean think about even abraham not knowing and in the end i mean he messed up and God still gave him what he promised him. That's it. He didn't say, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not going to give you my promise now yeah. that she messed up. And what a wonderful hope for us. Yeah, no kidding. You, you know what I'm saying? What I promise you is still yours. I don't, I don't back out of that. Um, I, I don't step away from the promises that I give you. They're still there. Mm-hmm. Um, they will always be there. Um, that's just part of being mine. 
and what an incredible thing that um, that when we mess up, every promise that he's ever given us is still the same. It never changes. Um, that's why we love him. I think one of the hardest parts of of living a faithful life is this need to hide things. Yeah. And sometimes that's... That's what Adam and Eve did. Right, right. I mean, it's the epitome nature, of it, guess, right? Yeah. Like suddenly you have shame and you try to you try to hide it. And again, God's not like, yeah. oh, really? I had no idea that was, yeah. Um, I think a lot of us try to hide, uh, like I say mental health issues, but health issues in general, um, anxiety, depression. For some reason, we think that that, that can't be a thing if you are living a life of faith. I, th- I believe that, you know, and we somehow forget, you know, the Bible says that he, he's not given us a spirit of heaviness. Yeah. Which to me is like that. And even David cried out, you know, one time and he said, Oh, soul, why are you cast down within me? He said, but hope in God, you know, and these things are real. They all went through it. I mean, Elijah went through it. Right. He ran and hid in a cave when Jezebel sent her voice. Yeah. I mean, she didn't send a sniper. She didn't send an army. She sent a voice, man. And he runs. Yeah. And God has to ask him. He's like, what are you doing? Where are you at? Sometimes the Lord has to ask us, where, where are you? Yeah. Why are you doing that? And sometimes there are, I don't know, like legitimate medical things going on that, and back in, you know, back in the day, even like, 20 years ago, back in the day, people aren't aware because the medical community is just constantly changing. Um, But we know that there are things that cause some of those things to be, you know, out of balance. And oftentimes that's just quote unquote part of life. Like that's kind of how we used to deal with it, right? Like as you age, you go through certain things and and it's just expected that you're just going to suck it up and deal with it. And, and that might be true. For some people, like you can't just suck it up and deal with it. But I think that if we were more willing to talk about what we were going through, truly going through, then you'd see that you're just not alone mm-hmm. in it. I mean, not only do you have Jesus there just and the Holy Spirit inside of you telling you like you can be okay, right? And the Holy Spirit giving you all those nudges of things that you are um, needing to be aware of or, or needing to be doing or whatever if you're making yourself available for that. But there are people in this world who have gone through what you're going through. And we see it every day with our own stories. When you make yourself vulnerable, and I think, was this just the last episode that we talked about this? When you make yourself vulnerable to share your stories, God will use you in somebody else's life who's going through what you went through or something similar where your story is impactful beyond your own self. And man, Satan doesn't want that. He doesn't want you to it's be able to share the words your story. right out of my mouth. Yeah, I mean, what a strategy of the enemy. Yeah, to keep you from sharing your story of overcoming. Right. To, you know, to keep you from sharing your story of, I'm, I'm just real. I'm, I'm a regular human, just like you. I make mistakes. I love Jesus with all my heart, but sometimes I mess up. Yeah. And 
I believe that those are strategies of the enemy to make us think that we can never live up to. Right. Um, to make us want to quit because we think we can't live up to, you know, or to make people stay out of church because they seen somebody else that didn't live up to right. the standards that we had in our head or our heart or whatever it is. And, and so the enemy has kept people out of church because they have seen quote unquote hypocrites. Well, yeah. I've seen hypocrites in Pizza Hut and Walmart and I still go there. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, my relationship with Jesus is not determined about whether Mr. Joe and, you know, Johnny, what their relationship with Jesus looks like. My relationship with Jesus is based upon me and him. And I shouldn't quit going to church or talk to somebody else out of it because of somebody else's lifestyle. That's, that's not even okay. It's just not okay. I think that one of the other things that we deal with as people in the church who deal with sin, because we all do, is this overwhelming guilt and the shame that comes with mm-hmm. that, but the guilt. And never once does God say, swim in that. No. Swim in your guilt. Let it let it live in you. Let it fester inside of you. That's well, he not, says, therefore, there's no condemnation. No condemnation. For those who are in Christ Jesus. No. As far as the east is from the west, how far I'll take your transgressions. Yeah, and he said, and you're accepted in the beloved. One of my favorite things, you're accepted. I accept you just as you are. You know, when I see my kids, I accept them. I love them. When they mess up, when they make a mistake, when they say things they shouldn't say, when they do things they shouldn't do, even if there needs to be a consequence, it does not change my love for them. Isn't that funny that we think it does? Yeah. For others, though, right? For, for God. That's what I'm saying. And it so doesn't. No. No. And I would never, while I would want my child to learn from that so that they don't do it again, even that, the learning is for their benefit, not mine. Yeah. Like, I don't want you to go through this again. So learn learn from it. But no way do I want them to hold on to that no. guilt for the no. next week, month, five years. Exactly. You know, one of the greatest things that I feel like my parents do for me and have always done for me is no matter what I've walked through, no matter what decisions I've made, whether they be good, bad or indifferent, I can tell my parents and they will still love me at the end. You know what I'm saying? No matter what, they will not, it will not deter them. It won't stop them from loving me. I mean, from what I walked through, my mom and dad didn't say, you know what, Judy, I'm going to quit going to church because of what happened in your life. Never once did they no. say that. Matter of fact, all they kept doing was pointing me to Jesus. They just, you know, would grab an arm, if you will, and said, well, let's just go find Jesus together, Rich, which is really what we should be doing to the other people that we see right. that we think aren't living up to a standard that we have in our heart. And we have silent expectations of people that they don't know. Silent expectations. I know. Which hurt us. Yeah. Because lots of people leave the church, they leave the ministry, they leave relationships, they step away from things that the Lord intended them to do because of silent expectations of somebody else that no, they didn't live up to and they had no idea. You know, my oldest son told me one time, we, we were having dinner and he said, Mom, he said, you knew that I was going to most likely not make the best decisions in this. And he said, but you were 
you know, right. you were there. And, um, you know, I told him, I said, you know, son, I said, I didn't always make the best decisions growing up, but your, your grandma and your grandpa were always there. And, you know, just given other people grace that maybe we would give our children. Yeah. Maybe if we look at it in a different light, if we change our perspective, um, if all of my four boys, if one of them messed up, my other three didn't quit going to church or my other three didn't lose their salvation didn't because of the one. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but I think sometimes we do that with other people. Or if they've made that mistake more than once, it's like, we're like, all right, there's your two. You know, see, and it's over now. That's it. That's it. You can only have two. Um, but man, thank God Jesus didn't do that to me. I cannot imagine there being anything that I would go to my parents with and them saying, yeah. I, can't, I can't deal with that. No. That's like not a thing. No. My parents wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't even cross their mind to be no. that way toward me. No. And for my own daughter, I cannot think of a thing no. that she would tell me. No. And I'm thinking like the worst imaginable things that somebody could tell you to the very least of the offenses, right? There's not a thing. And isn't it funny how sometimes we can accept those unimaginable things easier than we can accept the smaller, quote unquote, yeah. things. And I don't know if it's because maybe you've like, we've thought about, not thought about, but you're like, in those big moments, it really hits you and the smaller things, not so much. But there are, there are times I think when it's easier to, um, to love someone through the bigger mistakes than it is to love them through the smaller. I don't know why. I guess because you think that you have higher expectations and that they are just for whatever reason, not meeting those. I don't know. I don't know. But I know that I mess up all the time. Yeah. Like daily. Yeah. I just sent you a message earlier this week and said, um, so that challenge to fast through um, <laughs> complaining and negativity. Um, yeah, I just failed that. <laughs> <laughs> That's hard. That is so hard. Well, then, it, but it does draw attention to what, to what comes, you know, to our thought process. I've, I was told that 77% of our thoughts are negative. I believe that. Yeah. But you know what's funny is that when I thought about it, like when I caught myself in it, I went, oh, man. Like, yeah. I have to start over. Like, yeah. In yeah. my fasting time. But like, <laughs> but in general, when you try to make yourself more thoughtful of those mistakes, I don't know. I'm always praying for God to, not always, but as I read through the through my Bible in the mornings, if there's something that God has pointed out to me where I'm like, okay, God, remind me about this. Like when I'm in the heat of it, when I'm in the moment, remind me about this. And when he does, I'm always like, oh man. I know, right? <laughs> you know, but I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful yeah. for the Holy Spirit because he's so fantastic about keeping us on track. Right. I mean, really, I have a really good friend of mine and he said one time, he, he's like, when I go to church, I want to be convicted. Yeah. He said, I don't want to go to church and walk away and not be convicted. I want to be better when I walk out of there. Right. And that's what, so for the Holy Spirit, when I, when, when I do get those nudges that are like, 
hey, you know that thing I'm supposed to remind you about? This is it. It stops you. You don't progress down that road anymore yeah. if you're Listening, if you're really yeah. wanting to listen and pay attention and 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 obey. It stops you. So even though you might have had a, a little mistake, little, I don't know, like, like there's no like, you know, measure of mistake, I guess, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it stops you from continuing on. I don't know. And this whole idea of living authentically. I know I've already said this once. It truly should just be living. You should just be living. And this is how you should be living. Authentically. You shouldn't have to clarify that. But we do feel like some people are on a stage. We sometimes are on a stage. Or that you're on this pedestal and everybody's watching and you have to you have to put out this perfect persona. Yeah, this presentation. And that's not what life is. That's not no. that's not real. And if that's how you're living, then that's not it's not sustainable. No. And and you'll fail. Yeah. And and when you realize that you have been living that way, if you'll open yourself up to that vulnerability of being quote unquote caught out, I guess, man, God can do amazing things with that. Yes. I heard a minister say this morning, he said, sometimes our victory is in our failure. I mean, I hate to say, I think that's probably often true, but I think that's probably often true. Yeah. I mean, that's when everything changes. And I don't, I mean, I guess I won't say that that's often true, but I will say that that's probably, those are the moments when you notice it more. I mean, I can, I can be doing things, what I'm supposed to be doing and, and it, whatever it is, is successful awesome but if you have that failure piece first you know the difference mm -hmm. there and so i think you just um you you celebrate the victory yeah a little more than yeah. and not because it's better the victory is not better than the person who did it right the first time <laughs> not <laughs> right. at all right it's just that you notice yeah. the difference yeah. you have something to compare it to yeah and i'm not saying go out and fail so that you feel like <laughs> oh yay that's it like that's not that's yeah. not the that's but not the I, challenge this week, guys. No, I think my in my broken places, um, I think those are some of the moments that I found Jesus to be so faithful in my life, so wonderful, and so everything that He is. And maybe, maybe that's our challenge: is seeing someone else that maybe they feel like they're in a broken place, and maybe just being there for them in those moments and. Oh, being Jesus with skin on. Yeah. Those who are struggling themselves. That challenges to put that aside. Put it all behind you. And what did Paul say? Keep pressing forward, right? That's it. I put it all behind me and keep pressing forward to. I can't get it to come up. To what my goal is. Yes. Right? And. For those who aren't struggling in the same way, and I say in the same way because all of us are dealing with things, 
You have to be or else you're just not human. And so I'm going to say that we're all struggling with things, right. dealing with things. It might not be like a, a, um, such a serious struggle that, um, is bringing you, you know, the shame of, of not wanting other people to see it and all of that. Maybe it's not that, but everybody has things that they're dealing with. So when, when you see that person though, who is to, to be gracious. Yeah. And, and to not pile on the shame. That's it. Well, not to give up. I always tell people, don't give up right in the middle of the fight. You know, right. The Bible says in in Hebrews ten thirty nine that we're not the kind who draws back. It's not even in our DNA to quit. We're not the kind that draws back. We're not the kind who draws back. We're not the kind who gives up. We're not the kind who backs up. We're not the kind who quits in the middle of the fight. We're not the kind who drowns in shallow water. We're made overcomers. I mean, the Bible says that, you know, we are overcomers through him, that greater is he that's within us than he that's in the world, that everything that we do, he will, you know, Everything we put our hand to do will prosper. Everything. Isn't it funny that sometimes we recount our failures and we forget to recount our wins? I think that we all talk about faith as these highs of the mountaintops and the lows of the valleys. There are no high mountaintops if you don't have the valleys. That's it. Otherwise, you're just living in western Kansas where everything's flat <laughs> and you don't see anything but you have to go through yeah. the valley you have to go through the tough spots and if you're not and I don't have to know everything like as a person I don't have to know all of your struggles but if there's somebody out there who is struggling with something and you know that you have the ability to encourage because you've been there do that just be vulnerable with it. And maybe, I guess maybe in my mind, I'm changing this word authenticity to mean vulnerable. Yeah. Like to put yourself out there in a way that might be scary because you have fear of man, fear of judgment, fear of shame and guilt and all of that that's going to be heaped on you unnecessarily because Jesus has already done it all yeah. for you. There is no more shame. There is no more guilt. No, no more guilt. There's no more um punishment for you for that there might be consequences like actions have consequences and so that might be true but they're not going to be eternal if that makes sense they're not going to be like the things that um, should keep you from being called a christian and i know this isn't anything that we talked about going into today but some of those things that um make Christians appear as inauthentic is our, and I'm lumping us all together, this generalization here of all Christians. And I know that's not the case. So don't start yelling back at your radio. It's okay. Or your iPod, whatever, iPad, wherever you're listening to this at. I just aged myself a whole lot right there, by the way. Talking <laughs> about that. But the way that we respond to people who say that they're Christians but are struggling with something. And when I say struggling with something, I say struggling with something that Christians have taken strong stances on. Because we know it's a sin. 
I will hold to that, the idea that all of us have sinned and that there's not one sin that's greater than the others. So earlier we were talking about children and how you would respond if your kids come home and say, mom, blah, 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 whatever it is. These are the tough talks. And we, I, I don't know, maybe these are some other conversation for another day because we're like almost 40 minutes in and I don't know. But what do you do when your kid comes home and says, I think I might be gay or I am, um, I slept with my girlfriend and I got her pregnant or I, um, I have been, I don't know, whatever the case may be. Like there are, I'm trying to think of things that beyond the sexual sins mm-hmm. that like, you know what I mean? That, Cause that seems to be what our world focuses on are those sexual sins. I don't, I guess probably because sex has always been a selling point for the world. Maybe that's what we focus on. I don't know why that is, but how do we respond to that as Christians? If you have somebody in your church who comes in and says, um, I'm, I'm gay. What do you do with that? Because we know homosexuality is a sin. So is divorce. I always hate it when people throw that one out there because that was the guilt that I dealt with for a while. So is sex before marriage. So is lying. So is stealing things and and gossiping and and you know just being a hurtful person. So is all all of that. But how do we deal lovingly with those people? Because that's why people are afraid to be authentic. The repercussions that come with our levels of severeness of sin, man-made levels of severeness of sin, sometimes have drastic repercussions. I think those are hard and I think they're fine lines. Um, of loving someone and not condoning. Right. You know, I, I feel like I can love somebody and not condone their sin. I think the hard part with the world is they want us to condone their sin. Through complete, yeah, yeah, they want us to accept. Yeah, and then they get mad at the church or they get mad at Christians because we don't condone um, the right. things that maybe they d- have done or are doing. Um, and they have, seems like a hard time separating that as well. Um, they feel like I, I believe that, that we're haters if we don't condone things that we perceive as wrong. Maybe we need to have a a different episode about love. What does it mean to love someone? Yeah. Because does love mean that I just say, oh, okay. I don't do that to my kids. No. I don't. Um, if you, if they lie to me about something, some kids do this. Yeah. I don't just say, I love you. It's okay. That's it. I mean, I do say I love you. Right. And it's okay. Meaning that I love you and um, we're going to make this right. We're going to work on this. It's hard to have a conversation about things like that when you don't have the same definitions. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's hard. 
It's a tough thing. It is. But, and what we're saying is that we are, at least what I'm hearing and what I what I say is that I do love them no matter what. Mm-hmm. I don't agree with what they're doing in a lot of instances, right? Um, if you lie to me about everything, I love you, but I'm not going to believe you. That's it. You know, I'm not going to trust you. Like So does that mean that I'm going to uh, push you out of the church? No. No. Do you feel uncomfortable in the church? Probably. Yeah. I don't know. I just, uh, but I also know that like how I feel about that isn't necessarily the way that like I said, all Christians feel about that, right? Right. I, th- I think that I think those are hard things. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, like I said before, I think there's fine lines. Um, you know, and I I know that people get frustrated, you know, when Christians say, you know, love the sinner, not the sin. But it, it's, it's really true. true. It's, true. <laughs> it's really true. I can't love some of those things that we spoke about. I don't love right. those things, um, and but I do love people. Right. Um, and I'm still going to serve people. Yeah. And I'm not going to bash you. No. It doesn't change my heart about you as a person. I just don't like maybe right. what you're doing or what you've done any more than if it had been me. Right. You know, when I've messed up in my life, my mom and dad didn't like disown me. They might not have liked my choices and right. we might have had a pretty good conversation about that. Yeah. So that I can see differently, but it never changed their love for me. How do we show love to Christians who are struggling with something? Well, I I would do this for my kid. So I'm going to say that this is how I would show love. I don't let her just keep messing up. That's it. If I know, if I know that she's doing something that is a sin and is harmful to her, to others, to, you know what I mean? Like if I, if I know that she's dealing with something that is a sin that is going to harm her relationship with God, with Jesus, I have to have that conversation with her. I don't have a choice. No, I don't. I don't have the option of just letting it. I believe it's my responsibility as a parent. Yeah. You know, sometimes crucial conversations are not easy. They're crucial for a reason. They're crucial for a reason. Yeah. Does that mean that I'm just going to go out to the person on the street corner whom I know is, has just stolen something from somebody's house and like, no, I don't have that relationship with them. And maybe that's where part of the, the hate for Christians in general, I'm being very general again, comes from is that we don't have a relationship. We don't, we, we aren't building those relationships because either we're afraid of these people. That's what they think, right? Yeah. All these phobias that are out there in the world. There's so many different phobias, right? Um, but legitimately even we're, we're afraid of them or we're afraid of the backlash or 
We just don't love them. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago with um, a, a video that you shared with me and I put on the Facebook page of, of um, Penn from Penn, Penn and Teller who's saying like, if you say that you love me, but you don't share the gospel with me, if you don't try to save me, then how much do you love me? Like you don't. If you're just willing to let me spend eternity in hell, well, that's not love. No. But there has to be some sort of a relationship there. And that yeah. guy from the video, the, or the video, the guy that he's talking about in the video, didn't have a strong relationship with him, but he took the time to chat with him at least a little bit. Yeah. And didn't bash everything he was doing. No. He built him up. Maybe that's what we should do. Build people. What a concept. Well, you know, Jesus did it all the time. He's wonderful. So, I mean, he's absolutely incredible. People would come. They would be broken. Maybe they needed a healing. And he would heal them. And then he would say, now now go and sin no more. Yeah. But it wasn't until after he healed them. Right. He's like, hey. You know what's funny is we know that this is a thing for children in school. We know that they are not ready to learn until their basic needs are met. That is why mm -hmm. breakfast is offered at schools in the morning. Don't know if you know about that. That's why, but that's true. If the kiddos come to school hungry, they are not ready to learn. If they are tired, they are not ready to learn. We, we have the fundamentals of this in place. We know this about education, but not about salvation. Right. We have to meet the be the basic needs first. You have to. And that's how you show love, I think. You meet the basic needs. And that's not always like they might not need food and clothing and all of that. They might need a building up. Yeah. They might just need a listening ear. Yeah. That helps them walk through those things. And maybe somebody that's authentic with them. And can be real about what they're sharing, but do it in love. Mm -hmm. um, I know that with my kids and when it's been done with me and my family, um, you know, my Aunt Glenda always will tell me whether I like it or not. Um, if there's a point in our conversation that maybe I have a skewed perspective, um, she'll help me to see that. Mm -hmm. But she'll listen to my heart. She'll listen to maybe what's going on inside of me. She'll listen to where I've been or my backstory or what got me to this place and and help me see different. Mm -hmm. What a wide circle of a conversation we've had today. This is what happens, guys, when we just kind of come <laughs> in and off the cuff it. We said at the beginning, um, right before we started, that Jesus was just going to have to take this conversation because we... Um, we uh, were trying to figure out when we were going to get together to get this episode out. And then we so we planned a time and then neither one of us were like, hey, let's talk about this. And so literally we got here and we were like, hey, so what are we going to talk about? And we went through some ideas and it just wasn't clicking. Clicking. Yeah, yeah it wasn't it wasn't it. So um, in a weird sort of way, what started as a, a conversation about authentic living became a conversation about just love. Love. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe on, on. I mean, isn't that what Jesus did? Yeah. 
He lived authentically and loved it the same way. Yeah. He loved us. He said before we, or while we were yet sinners. Yes. He loved us. While we were yet sinners, while we were messed up, while we, you know, didn't even look for the God who was looking for us, while mm-hmm. we were saying bad things, while we were criticizing God and, and lashing out at him for things that we thought he should have done, he was still chasing after us. God's pretty wonderful about going places that we didn't ever think he would go. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. sometimes he'll find us in a bar. Sometimes he'll find us on on uh, on a dirt road. And sometimes he'll find us right in the middle of church. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loving us while we are far away. Sometimes we can be in church and we can be near but far. Happens more often. Yeah. Than, I mean, I'm speaking personally. I'm not saying for others. I'm saying that's that's me. That's yeah. Many times we're broken and shattered inside the church. And we're afraid. Right. We're afraid to come to an altar call. We're afraid to tell people that, yeah, man, you know. Are the I'm preachers, struggling. yeah, I mean, the preacher's <laughs> preaching right to us, but we won't acknowledge it. I mean, oh, our heart is like burning inside of us. I think I've shared this story before, but my daughter has had some of those experiences. And um, Renee's like, what, specifically one time it was about tithing. She had, she wasn't being obedient on, on something that God was telling her to do. And um, she won't mind me telling that because she knows, she tells the story herself. But in the middle or at the end of the, you know, the service and whatever, I don't even remember what was being said, but she looked at me and she goes, the Holy Spirit is yelling at me. (laughs) I said, oh, and I'm like, okay, well, maybe you should listen. And she was like, I know, but like, like he's been telling me, but I wasn't listening. And now he's yelling at me. (laughs) Like, and so we had talked about like tithing and because she, um, she goes to Wednesday nights on at a, at a different church and, and Sundays is, you know, it's our home church and all that. And, um, so we were talking about where she was going to tithe to. And she said, uh, no, he yelled at me here. This is where <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, all right. That works for now. Isn't it funny that nobody could hear this conversation? No. She you know. totally like, yeah. How did he know? How did that, yeah. how did that man up there on that stage <laughs> know that, um, <laughs> and why saying. is he talking to me like that? You know, and you can have the most soft-spoken preacher, mm-hmm. And there could be 300 people in the building and we all hear something different because the Lord is dealing with all of us about something different, you know, about that. I can be weeping in the pew and and have nobody have any idea that God's been dealing with me, you know, about this for a week. And then the minister said, yeah. And he's like, so I thought we might have this conversation again. How many times are we going to have this conversation? Yeah. Yeah. Maybe until I get it. Yeah. You know, I mean, how many times do we go to church? Oh, well, this is it, right? So there have been moments in my life often where like I hear about something and I'm like, oh, okay. Like it, it hits a little bit. And then I read it in the Bible and I'm like, all right. And then I read it again. I'm like, okay, I get it. And then you go to church or you're at some other, you know, service or something. And, and it's a whole sermon about what, and you're like, okay, God, I get it. I got it. Yeah. I got it. Yeah. He's like, do you one more time? Yeah, just for like, good measure. So put some feet to that. If you got yeah. it. Where is that there for? There you go. I mean, it's so true, though, isn't it? Um, I love. Sometimes I felt like God was yelling at me, too, and nobody heard this conversation. I love that. It's yeah. it's incredible because, really, the Lord is, like, literally 
just kind of shaking us inwardly and saying, hey, this is for your betterment. There's good behind it. There's a reason I'm mm-hmm. asking you to do these things. It's never for your bad. You know, I want you to never. do these things. I, I have benefits. I have promises for you. If you'll just follow my way, that's all I need you to do. It's all for your protection. It's never to keep you from something. We're just so afraid sometimes. Yeah. That root of fear. Yeah. It's a big one. It is. You know, and yet Timothy says, God's not giving us a spirit of fear. Right. Power, love, and a sound mind, 365 times, no fear. Yeah. Hello. Right. That's my, my go-to for all that is do not be anxious about anything. Because mm. like sometimes, and maybe it's misplaced, maybe I've, maybe I've mistermed it, but what might be fear, I call anxiety. I think the root is fear. Yeah. I think that's true. So, but, you know, do not be anxious about yeah. anything, but with prayer and petition, present your request mm. to the Lord. It's good. And he will give you the desires of your heart, which doesn't mean that, you know, that's a whole other conversation. It does not mean that you can just pray for that house on the hill that overlooks the, like, that's not it. But if you are, part of that authentic living is that your will aligns to, or your desires align to God's will. Over, like over time, he he can work that in you, so that what you want is for his will to be done. I was maybe it was you, somebody recently, not that long ago. We were talking about um, what it's like to pray the Lord's prayer and to say like, "Your work be done on earth as it is in heaven." as it is in heaven where it's, it's not questioned once mm. where nobody's going, are you sure? But I really think this should happen over here or, and nobody like nobody's questioning it in heaven. If his, whatever his will is, it just is, it's yes. done. No questions asked. So when we pray for his will to be done on earth as it is in heaven, that's a scary prayer. If you're not willing to hand over control. So true. And isn't that what making Jesus our Lord and Savior is all about? Yeah. It's it's a surrender piece, really. It is. And it's scary. There's that fear again. Yeah, because we're afraid we're going to lose control. Yeah. Um, and you will. Yeah. But it's so amazing. much better. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. What's our challenge? Love? That's how... I hate those, like... Just love things. But I think that I think our conversation today is explains all of that. Yeah. Love. That's good. Love yourself. Love your neighbors. I mean, love. Okay, guys. So we will be back hopefully in a week. And um, and we'll uh I don't know what we'll be talking about, but we'll have something. God will take us somewhere. So um you guys have a great week and we will talk to you next time. Bye guys.